I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 106. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, this evening, I am sitting surrounded by some books that I have been just reading and perusing, and some of them I've just begun, but I know that everyone always asks me, what are you reading? What are you reading? What's on your nightstand? So I thought I'd just do a quick catch up on some of the books that I've been reading recently. First, I wanted to start with a book that I read to my seven-year-old twin grandsons, and um, it is a book that doesn't get a lot of press, a lot of attention. But it is the dearest book that you could read to your children. It's by a Dutch author named Mendert de Jong. And his name is spelled, his last name is capital D-E and then capital J-O-N-G. So you might think it's de Jong, but it's de Jong. It's Dutch. And of course, Mendert is M-E-I-N-D-E-R-T. Mender de Young was raised, um, was born in Holland, but was raised in Holland, Michigan and Grand Rapids area. His family immigrated from Holland. And so most of his books are actually set in Holland, and I'm so glad they are. So far out the long canal is the story of a little boy named Munta. And Munta is nine years old and living in Holland, as most of you know, ice skating is kind of the national pastime, but children don't always get to ice skate every year because they have to wait for the canals to freeze. (coughs) Excuse me. And if they don't freeze solidly, they might miss a whole year of ice skating. And that is what happened to poor Munta. When the canal last froze, he had pneumonia. And of course, he wasn't allowed outside. And then the next year, it didn't freeze at all. And then finally, when it freezes, he does not know how to ice skate. And it's a real source of embarrassment because the little tiny toddlers are out there learning to ice skate and he's nine years old. And so it's this whole thing that he goes through in teaching himself to ice skate and getting yelled at by the school teacher because he's in the way of the little children and it's not his fault and he's so embarrassed and his parents are just dear and his grandfather and how he just basically, it's kind of a rite of passage book of how he overcomes every obstacle and does really hard and a little dangerous things, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. It has excitement. It has lovely people in it. And um, my my grandsons just loved it. It's not a barn burner. You know, it's kind of a slow-moving, peaceful book. And you have to just say to your kids, just trust me. Just trust me. You're going to love this. It's not always going to be things blowing up on the first page. But these beautiful, sweet family stories that teach your children things without you having to say a word. They're, it's just a treasure. 
Um, I've also just finished uh, very quickly reading a trilogy, rereading it, um, a trilogy that I read when I was a relatively new Christian, and I was new to this type of, you know, kind of historic fiction, um, and it was written, the trilogy uh, was written by a very famous Christian author in that day uh, named Eugenia Price. Eugenia Price. She was kind of a big um, best-selling Christian author. And what, what she did in this series of books is she did a historical fiction, heavily researched historical fiction. And the way that this started is she and her friend went on a vacation to a little island in Georgia called St. Simon's Island. And it was not developed at all at that time. It was, you know, about 40 years ago or more, maybe 45 years ago, 50 years ago. But anyway, she and her friend went there and they started asking questions about the history of this island and who founded it and who settled it. And she did all this research. And it's these three books are called the St. Simon's Island Trilogy. And she wrote them in kind of reverse order. So she wrote the end of the trilogy, Beloved Invader, in 1965. And then she wrote New Moon Rising and Lighthouse later. So she wrote them in reverse order. And um, she and her friend actually moved to this island, built a house, and became a huge part of the history because she knew, well, through doing the research, she became friends with all the people on the island whose family she was actually writing about. So if you like historic fiction, um, they're not going to win the Pulitzer Prize or anything, but they're respectful um, in, the, in their writing. They're clean, they're innocent, and and they're history. So they're based on truth. And, and I love history. So anytime I can read about the history of a place, I'm, I'm fascinated with it. One of my families recently recommended a book to me that I did not know about. I love when I'm consulting and my families are teaching me things. I'm writing them down um, as I'm speaking. And one of uh, my families introduced me to a book by one of my most beloved children's authors and illustrators named Marguerite D'Angeli. Marguerite D'Angeli. And her name is spelled D-E and then capital a-N-G-E-L-I, Marguerite D'Angeli. And the name of the book, which I never knew about, is called Turkey for Christmas. And it's about this lovely Christian family. Of course, Marguerite D'Angeli was an illustrator of other people's books before she wrote her own. So, of course, the illustrations are just lovely and old-fashioned and charming and just wholesome. And it's a story of a family that is on, you know, financially hard times. Um, I don't know. Let's see. It was written... I think this is a first edition, and I don't know why. It doesn't have a copyright a, a date on it, which is weird. Well, anyway, I'm wondering if it was written during the Depression, because I think that's probably the case. And anyway, the dad comes home, and he says to his sweet family, um, we can either have turkey or presents for Christmas, and you you can pick. And I love the idea of that this is a family that, 
even just getting a turkey is a huge luxury and they all choose the turkey over the presents and how just their character is formed and the joy and the sacrifice and they have a a very sick daughter in the hospital which is of course a big part of their financial struggles and it's just a lovely book and I'm sorry to tell you but I paid a fortune for it used so see if you can find one in a library because I don't think you're going to want to spend a lot of money to to purchase it at least until you read it and then you may say oh we can't live without this book which would make total sense to me but I like to read books before but Marguerite D'Angeli is someone I trust so much she was from Lapeer Michigan and I've done a podcast on her but did not know about this particular book so Um, You can re-listen to my podcast on her. She wrote books into her, I forget if it was her 80s or her 90s. They named the library in Lapeer, Michigan after her. She and her husband were just an amazing couple. And um, she did extensive research for every book that she wrote. And so it's not this kind of fluff books that we read nowadays where the kids are just saying the same thing our kids would say today with the same mannerisms and attitude and it's like no 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 and so she just does her homework and oh I'm so glad she did if you feel like you're alone in homeschooling using my method I invite you to come to my upcoming live seminar what a great opportunity for community building It will be held in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area on April 9th. This is a regional seminar for all of you Midwesterners. It's worth making it a destination weekend. Oftentimes I hear people say they have such a hard time finding community and homeschooling the Carol way. One of the best ways to find community is to build it by learning alongside one another. When you come to one of my seminars, you will meet other like-minded families. You'll also have the chance to bring others along so they can hear the teaching and learn for themselves. So bring your husband, your mother, or your best friend. Make a couple's getaway or a girl's trip out of the weekend. There's nothing like the in-person experience for gaining vision and linking arms. Plus, I'll have books with me to help you build your family library. Visit my website through the link in the show notes to learn more and register today. Now back to the show. And then uh, I'm reading a book that I've wanted to read for a long time. If you've heard my podcast on Henrietta Mears, um, she was my heroine and I love her. I want to grow up to be like her. She was a children's um, education director at... Hollywood Presbyterian and worked with a lot of the stars in Hollywood during the 50s and really influenced Billy Graham and Vonette and Bill Bright, the founders of Crew, uh, lived with she and her sister and they mentored them and discipled them and were really a big part of the founding of Crew. And so anyway, Henrietta Mears, she also founded Gospel Light Publications and Gospel Light Uh, Sunday school materials. She had the largest Sunday school, I think, in America. I think at one time there were, I'm not good at numbers, it was either 4,000 or 8,000 children coming to Sunday school because of what she created there at Hollywood Prez. And so 
Anyway, a new book on her has come out. I've read many books on her. I read a book on her when I was a brand new Christian that I found in the prayer room at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and I took it out of there, probably, I don't even know if I asked permission, read it and brought it right back. And it was like, oh my word, who is this woman? I want to be like her. And so now a new book has come out and it's called Mother of Modern Evangelism. Their contention is, is that her influence on the evangelical church and the evangelical movement was really almost that she almost created it because there were kind of, you know, the liberal side of the church and then the very, very, what they called fundamentalists that were very harsh. And then she knew how to kind of dance between the two schools of thought and led the charge in a healthy, beautiful way that she modeled so that people want to grow up to be like her. The the, uh, author's name is also very challenging. So his first name is Arlen, and I would guess it's Miliazzo, Miliazzo, but it's spelled with a silent G, I believe. So it's M-I-G-L-I-A-Z-Z-O. Arlen Miliazzo, and it's published by Erdman's Press. And um, it's a lovely, you know, it's it's kind of a tome. So some of it I've skimmed because he's going into very elaborate detail. But I want to get to the good parts where she's just impacting so many people. Richard Halverson, I mean, you name it, she impacted them. And um, really... The way that she did college ministry has never been surpassed. She she and her sister moved from Minnesota and lived across the street from UCLA in Bel Air. They had a beautiful, large home, and they used it constantly. Her sister did all the cooking. Henrietta did the teaching, and they impacted an entire culture and generation. And so anything you want to read on her, maybe start with my other podcast, and read some of those simpler books. And then if you want even more, you might want to jump into this. Um, I also have been given a book called The Lord is My Shepherd, Resting in the Peace and Power of Psalm 23. And it's by Robert J. Morgan. And it is really a, a beautiful book for people that are going through hard things and suffering. And um He's one of the doctors. Oh, Ben Carson said this. He said, in this medicinal book, Bob Morgan offers an alternative to anti-anxiety medications. Even if your life is not stressful, the Lord is my shepherd, brings soothing peace. And this was published by the Billy Graham Association. And the author's name is Robert Morgan. The Lord is my shepherd, resting in the peace and power of Psalm 23. And then I am reading a book that I probably will do a whole, well, whoops, here's another one. I have stuff spread everywhere here. Okay. I decided I wanted to reread Brave New World. I've read so many of these books, you know, years ago and revisiting them is always, um, just so worthwhile. I always get way more out of a book the second time I read it than I do the first time. So I'm actually rereading Brave New World, (coughs) excuse me, by Aldous Huxley. And it is such a concerning book. 
it's like reading today's newspaper. Um, it's it's not gonna it's not a jolly book. As a matter of fact, my assistant Rachel said that she started reading it, but it was keeping her up nights because it is so close to home, and so concerning. Um, but it's it's a quite a brilliant book. Aldous Huxley um, had some very interesting ideas about life, but he was a, a a very good writer, and he was also extremely imaginative, and uh, really was seeing into the future in ways that very few people did. So, A Brave New World. And then um, I think I'm going to close with just bringing you back to uh, the the Jan Karen books, which I talk about to anyone who will listen to me. But recently, I think it started at Christmas, I decided um, while I was, you know, wrapping and cooking and baking and uh, sewing that I needed something edifying to listen to. Um, that wasn't too demanding. And so I think I listened to uh, Shepherd's Abiding, I believe was the one I listened to. And it's a Christmas story set in Mitford, the imaginary um, little town that is very much like where I live here in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And um, the same sense of community and safety and comfort and just the joy of living with people that are Um, like-minded and sweet. And so anyway, I was reading that book and feeling really encouraged and edified and empowered. And then I started um, rereading some of the later Jan Karen books and actually um, have listened to several of them on audio. And they have just soothed and comforted my soul. So I loved Home to Holly Springs. You know, I think a lot of times when I've read these books the first time, I was just reading to see what was going to happen and, you know, reading them quickly. But now that you know what's going to happen, you can really sit with these books and savor them. So I listened to Home to Holly Springs and also In the Company of Others. No, not that one. That's one in Ireland. That one I did not do. It was not my favorite book. But Somewhere Safe with Somebody Good and then Come Rain or Come Shine. I have just loved revisiting some of these later books, which are called the Mitford novels, not the Father Tim novels. And so if you haven't read Jan Kieran, can I beg you to go get At Home in Mitford and start going through that series. They are a vacation in a book. I have done a podcast on those books, but just trust me on this. You will thank me later if you're not able to go to Italy this summer. Uh, just stay home and read about Mitford, and, and it will give you the same relaxation and the same lift. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of my podcast. Until next time, remember, Jesus' commandments are not burdensome. What he calls you to do, he will enable you to do. Blessings.